You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Welcome back to Gospel-Centered Rest. It is good to be back with you, Byron, and you, David. It's been a while since we've had one of these episodes. And a lot has gone on. It has. Since last time and now. Uh, We've been through a lot as a society, again, as a church, with the most current lockdown and the stay-at-home order that comes in effect tomorrow night. I don't know when this podcast is going to get dropped, but for us, this is Wednesday. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow morning, really, at at 12 a.m., on a Thursday, so a lot, a lot that's been uh, that's been happening out there. Something that I know I've appreciated over the last several weeks is just being able to be around you guys and be around other believers and to be in conversation with others, even in our church, and just being so encouraged by how people are um, are choosing to to think on truth and to find their hope in the gospel during this time. Uh, but there's so many that are having a difficult time with it. So we haven't been neglecting that. We've been talking about it. Um, but I don't know. You guys, do you guys have anything you'd like to share? Just how neat technology can be. Um, a buddy of mine, his dad died last week. And we haven't connected for 25 years but we connected this week on Zoom, three of us, and just to be able to talk and to let somebody know you care, it makes a difference, even though you're not there in person. For sure. Yeah, and I know we talk about the the challenges, but it is amazing to see um, how the church and believers are persevering. Yeah. And to hear of their hope. Uh, and their hope does not deny the reality, but they do. F- um, their faith is being built in uh, in the midst of the realities and the challenges that they're facing. So, you, uh, I, I know sometimes the the church. We can talk a lot about the challenges of the church, but boy, do you ever see God's work in the church and yeah. people's life? And the church is living. Mm-hmm. And God is living in his people. And uh, sometimes you hear marriages being strengthened um, or people's faith being mm-hmm. uh, just growing um, and all of that taking place. So sometimes we, we look around and we see um, what the, or we will listen to what the world says that this is going to crush us and destroy yeah. us. But really God is doing an amazing work um, in his church. And uh, that's the encouraging part. Uh, and, but often, sadly, the part that's not talked about often. Yeah, but I'm I'm just thankful that, that we do try to keep that front and center in our in our messaging as a church and just in our conversations with one another and with those in the church. Um, and, but but then again, there are like like we've said, there have been some people that have really struggled with things, and that's also been in its way. Um, just seeing how God's even worked through those situations um, has been really incredible to see. Yeah. And we're continuing to pray. So those who are out there listening to this, we are praying for you and we care for you. And we just know that God's going to persevere. The church is going to persevere through this. And we're just trusting in, in his goodness and in his sovereignty at this time. Yeah. 
So with that, there's been a lot of changes even for us as a church. We've finished finalizing the purchasing of this new building, uh, downtown Galt. And at this point in time, we are looking for someone to fill an elder role and somebody to fill a deacon role. Is it one for each or? No, um, it's so uh, we, we take nominations from the, um, the members for yeah. a couple of weeks and then uh, we interview potential candidates. So um, in part, we, we have, um, we could use a few elders and a few deacons mm-hmm. um, because we also want the present elders and present deacons to, to, to have enough so that um, every, uh, every three or so years they can take a break, yeah. take a year sabbatical. Yeah. So we're looking um, for a couple of, of deacons and a couple yeah. of, of elders uh, and and um, uh, it seems like an odd time to be doing this, <laughs> yeah. and we even talked about that a bit. Like, is yeah. now the time to be doing it? But I love that we're doing it because mm-hmm. the church still moves ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic does not stop um, God's people in in this way, and we see that the church is more than just a building. Yes, and uh, the gospel goes forward, and the part of the gospel going forward is we really pray that God. Um, raises up elders and deacons uh, to serve and love his people as they serve and love God. Mm-hmm. Good. So yeah. with that in mind, and with this uh, elder deacon nomination and voting coming up, I thought it would be good for us to spend some time just talking about those roles a little bit and why they're such a necessity, uh, why they're so important within the church. We see so many churches do things differently. We see churches with just deacons. Uh, we see churches um, that have bishops. We see uh, churches that have elders and deacons like we would. Um, we, as a congregational church, have both those offices functioning in their in their biblical roles. But why is it that these these two roles are so important? What do you think, Byron? It, it just seems as you read in the New Testament, they naturally developed because there is no indication that there was a structure given. And I think that's a good reason why you have so many various structures. But what you do have is the apostles giving leadership, and then they hit this issue with the caring for widows. And there was conflict, there was charges back and forth of favoritism, and so they say, appoint godly men. It's not like, oh, well, it's not important. No, these were men full of the Spirit. And they were going to take care of this practical issue. And the apostles say, so we can give our time to prayer in the ministry of the Word. So you've got this cooperative team effort dividing the responsibilities between those who are focusing on spiritual leadership and teaching and those who are putting their hands to very practical things, not that it's not a spiritual activity at all, it's a different emphasis though. And so they work together, and then you see Paul planting churches, and what do they do? They appoint elders in each one, people to give spiritual leadership, to care for the flock, to, you know, those who are respected, they're mature. And you have that developing, and it doesn't go any further. Like those are the two roles that you see carried through and instructions given. So that's basically what we're trying to do here is keep it simple and yet to recognize 
there's room for a division of where we focus. And as we do that, we complement each other and God's honored in both spheres. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, as we looked at Psalm 23, sheep love a shepherd. And that's the gift of mm-hmm. leaders in the church. Um, biblical leaders are those who serve God and the people humbly for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and as we read uh, Psalm, as we read Psalm 23 last Sunday, um, they're understanding that that's the great shepherd, uh, and we are under shepherds. And even in a sense, the deacons um, have a pastoral role, yeah. um, a shepherding role um, yeah. on behalf of the church. Uh, as they represent the church, but also as they serve the people. And that's what I love, is God has provided leaders um, who seek to wisely, um, with godly character, and hearts that uh, love the truth and uh, love the gospel, to pastor, to shepherd, um, and to to try to uh, be uh, Christ-like as we um, lead people beside the quiet waters, as we point them to Christ and um, and walk with people through darkest valleys, or uh, you have people coming and talking about the enemies that surround them, or wanting to give up, thinking that, you know, like the last verse of Psalm 23, where um, like all the days of their, their life, um, mm-hmm. God's love would pursue them, and they're saying, has God's love stopped pursuing me? And you just have these unique um, opportunities to love and shepherd, mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. lead people. And, and that's why we, we seek to be an elder-led, uh, not an elder rule, but mm-hmm. an elder-led church. Um, that's congregational. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as uh, we seek to lead the sheep, we also seek to listen to the sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there's such a value in that conversation. Mm-hmm. For sure, because you have different perspectives that mm-hmm. may come at something and different gifting, giftings, uh, different things like that that can be brought to the table. And, and when I think about eldering and shepherding and deaconing, deaking, 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 um, <laughs> and you just think about like how God has set that up in his sovereignty and in his care for the church. He has said, this is the way that you, that, that I'm going to care for the church. This is how these, these positions and these people, these uh, men and women that'll fill um, positions of, of being a deacon and the men that are going to fill positions of being an elder, these are gifts to the church. And mm-hmm. there's something that's exciting when you're, when you're seeing that work and you're seeing that on a day-to-day basis, and you're seeing how God is using elders and he's using deacons and he's using the church together. There's like this harmony yeah. that's going on. Um, and, and, and I truly believe that, that he blesses that because it's really, it's obeying his directives and his direction for the church. Um, it's not without its challenges. Like, I mean, we are all broken sinners and we are, uh, we are in need of our great shepherd, Jesus, and we're in need of, of his grace and his goodness in our life. So there, there's obviously, there are times where, where, um, where there are challenges, just like, just like with, with anything else. Uh, but such a, such an encouraging system that it that it really is when it's when it when it's working it really works well because nobody's on their own Mm -hmm. you know you see that biblically and i think having more than one elder and more than one deacon they can support each other sometimes they do need to take 
a breath or a breather. Sometimes they may not see something, but somebody else will. And working with others, that, that whole idea of team and how we're accountable to the congregation. There's that mutual accountability and, and working for the good of each other, for God's sake. Sure. What would you say to somebody who is a member of a, of a church, maybe even our church, and for the first time, they're trying to think through who they would pick to be in these roles, who they would nominate to be in these roles. For some of us, this could kind of be like an overwhelming thought. I mean, it feels like a lot of pressure. You're, you're, you're picking a leader in the church. Uh, what would be a starting point that you would tell somebody in that scenario? I guess the first thing I would think of is relax. You're not expected to be every member of the team. Um, there's a group here, and God's given different people different gifts and different abilities. So some people he will call to be elders and deacons. Not everybody. That's all right. We're all different, but I can be praying. I can be reflecting. Who has God used to, to bless me in that way? And you might have had contact with someone who will be an ideal candidate for an elder or a deacon. Um, you're not going to know everybody in the church, but you may know that person. And that's part of why congregationally we're all involved in this and can contribute to this. And we will be expressing that as we go through the process. Good. Now, David, what would you say to somebody in the church that looks at the role of elder and deacon and says, I could never be an elder or a deacon. Uh, my life, I mean, I am too... I struggle with too many things, or I don't have the gifting for it, um, or I, that's just a, that, that just seems like an overwhelming job, too much responsibility for me, but what would your encouragement be for that person? First uh, Timothy 3 is a key passage in understanding how we go about uh, nominating and electing elders and deacons, because it talks about the qualifications of elders and deacons. Mm -hmm. So there would be three encouragements I would give to a person who said I could never. The first encouragement is, verse 1, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble task. The first thing I would say is, it's good to desire a noble task, and it's a trustworthy saying. So if anybody aspires to this, so we ought to aspire to it. Um, even if, as Byron said, we may never be an elder or deacon, <laughs> that uh, we can aspire to it because the qualifications of an elder and deacon are simply uh, what every believer desires yeah. and areas where, that's right, areas where believers desire to grow. So I could never, but we should desire the noble work. I think, secondly, as we read the qualifications in verses 2 to verse 13, I often encourage people to, first of all, read those as a prayer rather mm -hmm. than as self-examination. Because if we do self-examination, we would, we would never be an elder. We would never. But that's, that goes contrary to verse 1, which we're mm -hmm. to desire these things. So take um, the qualifications of elders and deacons and make them a prayer before the Lord and say, Lord, I know I'm not this completely. Um, and I know I have weaknesses in so many areas and I battle temptation and sin. 
but grow this in me um, so that that becomes my uh, my desire and, and my heart. And then I think uh, lastly, verses, the, the, the remainder of chapter three is often neglected in this understanding. So we say, well, I could never because I'm not qualified, but you could have somebody qualified, but miss out on verses 14 and six through 16 and verses 14 through 16 basically say two things. First of all, um, there should be a love for the church as you see the beauty of the church. So 1 Timothy 3, 14, I write these things to you, hoping to come to you soon, but if I should be delayed, I have written so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar mm-hmm. and foundation of the mm-hmm. truth. So God has just described the beauty of his church. And so sometimes we say, well, I would never because I'm not qualified, but do you have a love for the church? Mm-hmm. Do you see the beauty of the church? Do you want to serve the people um, in the church. And then the second thing is not just the beauty of the church, but the beauty of Christ. And I think this is key, and it's often not talked about, um, but verse 16 says, and most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Mm. You can have all the qualifications. You can even love the church. But if you do not see the beauty of Christ and have this love for Christ, then we will just not be good elders and deacons. We will be self-serving. We will be filled with pride. We will misrepresent Christ. We will misrepresent his word. Um, So... Uh, to work backwards from verse 16, those who love Christ, I mean, he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit. That becomes your reason for serving. You love the church, um, and then you pray through the qualifications. I aspire to be an elder or deacon, um, not just because of uh, who I am, but who Christ is and who the church is. And those things combine to be a passion for our hearts to glorify God um, as we as we serve him that way. And the passion and the beauty overwhelms the unworthiness because you see the worthiness of Christ and you see the power of God to, mm-hmm. to help us serve that way. What a great way to end this. Mm-hmm. You see the worthiness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you see the power of God to help us serve that, that in uh, this way. We are so thankful for the redemption that the Christ offers us through the cross and making things like this possible and for us to to look upon the worthiness of Christ and to know that that he has declared us worthy by what he's done not by what we've done absolutely and that he redeems his people so so thankful again for the office of elder and for deacon thank you gentlemen thanks Tyler